happening cups of mets nation ian here alongside robin agus as always uh episode two of the hot stove edition here coming at you december 4th we're about 82 days away from spring training um but uh this is the first episode that we are going to be doing it and jacob Degrom is no longer a met i don't want to hop right into it obviously it sucks uh we'll get there um but that is just the main vibe Definitely of this hopped show. right into it i <laughs> can you blame me can you blame me this was a fucking bomb. And before we do it, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on YouTube. It's at Cup of Mets. Uh, we'll be coming at you once a week, uh, this week a little bit earlier. But uh, yeah, so let's get into it. As we all know, Jacob DeGrom, DeGoat, Tom Sieber 2.0, heading south, heading to the Texas Rangers. Um of course, heads to the Texas Rangers, you know, after seeing Nolan Ryan dominate there for years and knowing that we gave up on him early on. And, and now he heads back to Texas, uh, heads down to Texas. Uh, what do you think? Deal. Dude, a five-year deal, 185 with an option for six to bring it to 222. What do you think happened behind closed doors, man? I mean, apparently the Mets never even got to, you know, submit a final offer there. I think, I think personally, I think taxes had a, had a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. you know, he's getting, he's getting all the guaranteed money in the world. Um, in the end, I also think that he didn't want to be a Met personally. Um, you know, he didn't really give, like you said, he didn't really give the Mets a final offer. The Mets found out when everybody found out. And, um, you know, I, I, I like the kind of the message Steve Cohen sent, which is, you know, yep. he's, allowed, he's allowed to choose where he wants. He's, he was entitled to free agency and, and, you know, we move on from there. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sad day in the franchise, but at the end, you know, at the end of the day, we gotta, we gotta move on and, and try to build a winner here. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I mean, very to unfortunate. Me, very unfortunate. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, we thought that he was going to be David Wright, you know, the, the latest addition to David Wright, but on the mound, right. You know, spending his entire career with the Mets and hopefully he would be the one that would enter the hall, uh, you know, as a Met and, you know, he still can be obviously. Right. But, um, you know, to me, I think what you said, taxes, I definitely think that that's something, uh, he did want to be closer to home. Right. So, yeah. uh, being in Texas, he's from Deland, Florida, um, you know, proximity wise, it's closer for him. Um, I also did hear something that, you know, during the 2020 season, um, you know, in, in terms of COVID with the vaccination mandates and whatnot, that he wasn't too pleased. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm not, we don't know if he got vaccinated or not. And, uh, to me, I don't give a shit. Right. But <laughs> it's completely up to him. And I think that that was also something that kind of um, teetered him away. And, and there was out, there was some talk that he was kind of uh, frustrated during that time period. And then obviously the thing that happened prior, right? Sandy Alderson mentioning that he had a slight tear in his UCL when doctors then went ahead and said that his UCL was fine. So there was always this back yeah. and forth type of deal between the Mets uh, and Jacob deGrom and, and also Jacob deGrom with um you know, the city of New York. So we know that he loved playing here, but I think that all in all, he he looked at his last five years and said, all right, you know, my son is X years old. I, I want to raise him, you know, in, in yeah, a place that's home. closer to home and, and, you know, somewhere that he could see spending the rest of his life. So I listen, I, I think when it comes down to it, he would have gotten more money annually from the Mets, but I, I'd have, yeah. 
you never go. I wouldn't go five years, six years. That's that's why. Yeah, five years. Five years was 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 surprising. That was the eye opener for me. Um, you know, he did. He did again. One eighty five over five. That's what thirty seven a year. Yep. Um, that's great. But in terms of you know contract length, you know people were talking three, four years max. Yeah. Uh, because of his age. Um, I'm also, you know, again, on the bright side, trying to be positive. At least he didn't sign with the Braves, you know, a hundred, hundred percent. And, and there was rumors and, and I don't know if you, I was at the gym, uh, um, ironically, when this ESPN update came out that he was like almost a brave, you know, like, like he, like a lot of Atlanta Braves players thought he was going to sign with them this down the third. He's, he's, you know, uh, he rooted for them as a kid, but you know, he went to a team that won 68 games last year and, spend 500 million on, on their infield. So we're like, again, Chris Young doing his thing as the GM for the Rangers, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. I hope, again, I wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, I, I think you and I are both in the same boat. Obviously we're frustrated. We're upset. Uh, but I mean, we're not in that boat that we're saying, you know, you know, F you Jacob DeGrom, you know, thanks for nothing. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, he's 35 or 34, you know, he's he, not 24. He'll, he'll be. Yeah. Yeah. And this will be his age 35 season. And yeah, and also something, you know, listen, it does open opportunities for us in other areas. And we, and we know this and we'll touch upon that. Um, but I, I think it ultimately comes down to, you know, obviously the Rangers can go ahead. They have the money. They can say, all right, I'm going to toss five years at, at Jacob DeGrom at 37 annually, give him the option for the sixth. But I think it's different when you've had him for the last eight years, right? And yeah. the last, granted 2020, it was a shortened season, right? But 2021 and 2022 there were major concerns and it wasn't like you know that he had an issue you know with with a leg or or you know his whatever he he had an issue with his shoulder right it was a scapula it healed itself but he's also had issues with his elbow before and his forearm right so i think that for the mets you have you have to take precaution especially when you're going to toss a guy 40 plus million dollars in the latter you know years of his 30s so i I think that for once, you know, the Mets maybe are operating as a rational organization. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But at the same time, something that I was actually thinking about before, um, literally just before we hopped on here was, and again, this is this is kind of like devil's advocate being like, oh shit, maybe the Mets did make the wrong move. I, It's like, you know, so the Mets are talking about Justin Verlander right now, right? And, uh, oh. and we'll dive into that. And that's thinking two or three years, right? But Verlander's 40 years old. So what happens if DeGrom is still Verlander when he's 40 and then the contract just played out incredibly well and we're here paying Justin Verlander, I mean, Justin Verlander, $40 million, ages 41, 42, right? And same yeah. with Max Scherzer paying him $43 million for age 39 and age 40 season when Jacob DeGrom's getting $37 million from 35 to 40, when at 40, he may be able to do what Verlander's doing and get another two-year deal. Granted, DeGrom's had his injury woes, but that's something that i've kind of thought of <laughs> no yeah you know um it's kind of that's it's funny you say that because i kind of was speaking about it with my sister this morning that you know knowing knowing the mets luck uh he'll he'll play out that contract he'll he'll be successful and you know like i said nothing but the best for him but but i like i like i like hearing about the rumors about verlander you know the mets moving on to uh you know plug in that try to plug in that hole you know i know it's yeah. big shoes to fill but at the end of the day, we, we can't we can't sulk and, and mope about it. We got to move on and try to win this championship, man. I know. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that funny? Something that you mentioned before that you really liked the approach that Steve Cohen took. What a yeah. complete 
you know, 360 from last year, him feeling that he got screwed by Stephen Matt's agent tweeting. Yeah. I've, I've never felt, you know, like someone was more unprofessional. And then all of a sudden the literal best pitcher in the game leaves your organization, doesn't give you an opportunity to counter. And it's, yeah. he has an opportunity to, you know, make whatever, make the, any decision he wants. And like you, you know, said, the, maybe, maybe <laughs> like that Verlander. And then, and then when he's age 40, he's a free agent again. And maybe the Mets throw him a two-year deal. You never know. He retires him up. And he returns home. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll you know see. what? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that for a lot of Mets fans, um, especially like in, in the latter years, like probably your pops, my dad, right. Yeah. They look at it and they go, you know, despite Seaver, Tom Seaver was traded in 76. Right. But there's definitely some sort of resemblance. And that's something that, you know, even my father was talking to me about, like DeGrom was your guy, you know, there were points that, you know, my, my dad would literally go to the grave, like no matter what saying Tom Seaver is the best pitcher he's, he's watched that he's rooted for. Over the last few years, he actually got to the point where he said Jacob Degrom is right there. He may yeah, have better. Exactly. He may have better stuff. And I think that the comparisons to the departure of Tom Seaver with now Jacob Degrom is something else that's kind of killing <laughs> it, killing it a little bit. That that uh, you know, but I, it just sucks. Like I, I honestly don't have many words. I was on. I was actually had, like heading to a fucking wedding. Yeah, when I, I FaceTimed you. Yeah, dude, I was all suited up, ready to go, and I like just I'm in an Uber, getting yeah. ready to go, and then I get a and then I get a message. Hey. No, DeGrom's going yeah, to the so, Rangers. So my my backstory to that was um ironically, I was just on my phone and instead of clicking on Twitter, I clicked on Facebook, right? And I clicked on Facebook and the first post that popped up was the seven lines post. And it was just like RIP. And then it, it was it was a Jeff Passon tweet. So I'm so I'm just thinking to myself, like, no way. And then I raced to Twitter and and just filled with with retweets and and you know uh photoshop <laughs> pictures of him in the ranger uniform and and you know a bunch of mets mets miserable memes and the worst one is you know <laughs> it's really an, another end of an era you know we're 26 i'm 26 you're 27 you know another year of our lives coming up but it's really an end of an era 2015 you know we were we were thinking we were all about matt harvey and you know noah Syndergaard and and the R.A. Dickey getting the synagogue and, and then, you know, the Long Island kid and Bartolo, the, the veteran. And now that whole rotation is done. Even Wheeler, man. Wheeler, you know, like Zach Wheeler. There's he no remaining. The to go, I believe. Or no, Matt's got traded and then Wheeler. Wheeler no, Wheeler, Wheeler was the first to go. Wheeler yeah, was the first to go. Yeah, like and... it was kind of like a domino effect, you know. Dude, and to I... think Jacob DeGrom was, was going to be the last one, considering that Rafael Montero was, quote, unquote, the better prospect at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, they debuted back-to-back games. Against yeah, Yankees. Man. yeah. Talk about a legacy. And then ironically, too, he's number 48 on the Rangers, right? The last person to wear 48 on the Rangers, Rafael Montero. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Rob Spitting Facts. Rob Spitting Jersey number facts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Rob, Rob's really good at uh jersey numbers. You've always been pretty good with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I have Jacob DeGrom's jersey in there. Yeah, what are you what are you gonna do with that? No, you're gonna hold on to it. No, nah, I gotta hold on to it. Yeah, you can't, you know. I think you could still I'm not, I'm not like Cleveland fans that, that burn LeBron's jersey, you know. Like, I think no no no. I, I thought you, about it, but I wasn't about it. I think you <laughs> I think you could still wear it. Uh I don't no, know. No, 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 no. You absolutely like Verlander gets 48, then maybe put some tape over it like we did with uh Ligaris and Jeff Francois jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, mm-hmm. listen, dude. I I think it's still a wearable jersey. He didn't, you know not show up to I the don't park know, man. I he, don't know. He, yo yo he That's didn't show, he, did, he did not show up to the stadium and said he was done like yo and or he didn't you know 
dip out and you know listen bottom line is i think that we have to look at it as it was such a special player that we got to witness for eight or seven eight years but all in all it's not like you know we're like starting from scratch here like the flow and then he got married he had a kid he cut the flow off he became elite he like, became a man pretty much he, be- he became a man he came up uh i mean he's still lengthy tall dude be you know that you mentioned it the flow age, if you, i mean you know not to not to get into it like that but no he's a good looking guy he's a good looking guy dude, <laughs> dude listen listen i'm oh, not i'm not saying. I'm not saying anything, you know, listen, he, yeah. he fit in nicely, but I also think that the, that the hype granted, he loved pitching in front of the energy at city field. You know, I, I don't yeah. think anyone would shy away from that, but I definitely do think, you know, having a horde of, you know, reporters around him after the game and, mm-hmm. um, you know, constantly having to answer questions about, you know, X, Y, yeah, and Z. Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely think that all played a part in it. Cause Jake is definitely someone that's kind of more soft-spoken and yeah, to himself. And I, I definitely yeah. think that, that also, kind of played a part in it but you know listen he meant so much for the you know for the organization you know you mentioned 2015 came up on the rookie of the year in 2014 yeah 2015 dominant year goes and and pitches an incredible and incredible performance gets the dodgers in, in game one of the ds then pitches the grittiest game i've ever watched in, in game five of that ds you know, then he uh, held his own players, against, yeah. yeah, then he held his own against the Cubs. And then obviously the two Cy Youngs, the, the 15 strikeout performances. And, um, obviously his return this year was something special as well. And the nine strikeouts in a row to start the game, the nine you know, strikeouts, like, was that like, eight or was that eight or nine? Was that eight or nine or eight? Yeah. Whatever it was. Maybe eight, eight, eight. eight. Yeah. It was against the Marlins. Yeah. It's but that one, the ninth guy like rolled over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, on two strikes. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no. And and you know what's funny, boss? I'm I'm you know, as we as we get into it right now, we're live here on YouTube. Um I'm, we are? like I said, I'm I'm talking to my sister about free agency. She's asking who 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 we're gonna get that this time the third. And my dad, my dad chimes in, right? And and he was like, and he was like, I like I like what Ian said on last episode and and that Noah Syndergaard. I want Noah Syndergaard back. I'm telling you, dude, everyone thought I was I'm fucking nuts. Like that three year deal. You I put know. up a I put up a poll on on uh, Instagram and and you know the the majority of our followers said that I was insane by saying that <laughs> and, we'll dive, and we'll dive into that we'll dive into that um but yeah so listen we're not gonna harp on it as uh, you know we we've spent 15 minutes on it um we wish Jake nothing but the best we'll see him in August um simple man going simple to man Texas. simple man going to Texas as you said and and hopefully he. Listen, I hope he stays healthy, you know, wins another Cy Young. Uh, you know, I I can't say that I hope he wins the World Series. I, I can't say I can't say I hope he wins a World Series, but as long as the Mets play well. If you really look at it though, like him, he he signed there and then they got um what's his name? Uh uh is it Gonzalez or or some, whatever his name is, the lefty or Martin Perez. Oh, oh, they yeah, he he accepted the qualifying offer. Yeah, and then they and they you know, obviously they from last year they got Seeger and and yeah, and they, yeah. I mean, their their rotation over there. Their rotation. They got Degrom. They have uh, Martin Perez. They have John Gray. Um, <clears throat> trying to think Jack of Leiter, Kumar yeah, Rocker, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker coming up. Yeah, man. Fuck, yeah. Man, Fuck. I know, right, I know. So, so many Mets ties, dude. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So Jacob Degrom's a Texas Ranger. Let's move on. Um, where do the Mets go from here? We still have a rotation that is compiled of, and do me a favor while I'm talking right now, 
since you're holding your phone there, yeah, keep tabs on Twitter because um, yeah. So um, listen, <laughs> current current rotation update, right? We're looking at Max Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco, David Peterson, and Tyler. And, uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm not. I, I got to be honest. I'm well, not. He's, putting, he's on the depth chart. <clears throat> He's in the he's in the depth chart. He's not in my depth chart. Okay. He's he's he is a reliever and he is that sixth starter when you need him and someone that could potentially really make an impact if somebody goes down. Um if yeah. we're trying we're if we're trying to win now, which if we go and we sign Justin Verlander, which seems to be what we're trying to do, um I, you can't you can't go ahead and, and plug Tyler McGill into that into that other hall. So I, David Peter, David Peterson to me showed a ton last year. He's definitely in the rotation. I think that they would be, um, um, you know, remiss not to, um, and then, yeah. So Scherzer Carrasco and, uh, you know, Mr. Peterson. So there are some crazy rumors going on right now. Uh, Justin Verlander potentially to the Mets. We had heard that they had a zoom call. Um, and then, you know, they were talking all throughout the weekend. Um, what are your thoughts first and foremost on a potential Justin Verlander acquisition? Um, you know, we can get, you can get into the number, you can go as deep as you want, but, um, you know, it seems like this may happen. So what are, what are your thoughts there? No, yeah. You know, a um, couple, a couple reports from reliable, reliable Twitter accounts have said that Justin Car- Verlander, Carlos Viagra. Yeah. Yeah. Even Instagram. You know, around two years, Carlos. What did he say, Carlos Baega? He said two years, around eighty-six point eight million. Yeah, so we're looking at forty-three. Um, it's I, like I like it. I like it a lot. It's a sexy. It's a sexy name on the free agent list. Um, you know, him and Scherzer do have history. I'm not saying that that played a part, but but you know, again, Scherzer and Port St. Lucie, Florida. That Florida house. Justin Berlander has a house in the same area. Yeah, we can carpool. Um, again, <laughs> they were on the Tigers together. Both Cy Young Award winners. Um, you know, Kate Upton would be at City Field. That'd be great. Um, again, I like it. I, I don't think I, I, if they get Justin Berlander, though, I think they need to get at least two more reliable names, maybe another lefty. Um, I, I still want Senga. I think Senga, Verlander, and, and Scherzer at the, at, as a new three-headed monster in Queens uh, brings a different dynamic to the to the ball club. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you said it. Sexy name Verlander is that sexy name. Uh, he had a tremendous. 2022 in his return from Tommy John uh, won the American League Cy Young went 18 and four posted a 175 ERA and 175 innings struck out 185 um, as far as advanced metrics goes he had that spin um, everything in the 90th percentile and up uh, expected, <coughs> expected ERA uh, fastball spin uh, his walk percentage he walked nobody uh, you know his his strikeout rates chase rates they're all still pretty high uh, you know he's you know, in, uh, inducing weak contact. Um, he's still got it. There's no question about it. He's I brought champion. it up. Yeah, he's a cha- two-time champion. Listen, I but I brought it up to you last episode. Yeah. To me, I think that the mess may be going full throttle after Verlander because he fits the mold of let's go less years, more money, right? Um, because I think right now. What was that? Win right now. Yeah, win right. I thought you said Wayne right, and I was like. <laughs> fuck adam wainwright why would i why would adam wainwright come into the picture um yeah <laughs> um that's again that's you're committing you're committing 90 million dollars to yeah. two nearly 40 if not 40 year old pitchers at the top of your rotation there is injury risk he had tommy john surgery two years ago 
Um, again, he pitched incredibly last year, but he's seeking a three-year deal. So if by if if Carlos is right, right by saying two years at eighty-six million dollars, all right, okay, Let's all right, it. then then well, you do it, then you do it. But I I think he wants three years, especially after you know putting up the performance that he did this past year. And to uh, me, that that's a shit ton of money when we have so many other holes to fill. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, again, I agree with that. But you never know. Maybe maybe it's a two-year deal with a with a with a team they, option. Maybe they defer the payments. Um, no, yeah, they backload a couple. They backload a couple million. You never know. But again, yeah, it's, I. It's the, it's the name that that hey, we just lost to Cy Young Award winner. Let's sign one. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And, and again, you know, Verlander. Like I said. I don't think I don't think they're done with just Verlander. I, again, we'll get into it. We'll dive into it. But you know, I, I do I do want a lefty in that rotation along with Peterson. And again, a guy like Verlander can maybe, you know, teach guys like McGill and Peterson. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. No. Be that, I, just be that a sexy name again to 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 come to New York, not the Yankees, but Queens. Yeah. Yeah. It it really seems like the way that the Mets are going to operate is either one of Justin Verlander or Carlos Rodon will be a Met and yeah. then someone in the pool of, you know, uh, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Andrew Heaney, Jamison Tyon, uh, Kodai Senga, one of those two will be the other, the third starter and the yeah. Mets will roll with that. Oh, Stripling. I heard that name too. That was, that was interesting to me because I would love Ross Stripling. Yeah. I like him a lot too. He's been a guy that could like, you know, come out the pen one day and, and make a spot start the next or just be in the rotation full time. Yeah, man. He had he had a remarkable 2022 season with the uh with the Jays. And um I yeah. it was it was so well under the radar. Um, you know, he's definitely somebody that's gonna get, you know, 14, 15 million dollars a year. Um, especially yeah. after you see guys like Mike Clevenger who barely pitched get ten million dollars and and whatnot, right? But um Ross Stripling to me is definitely somebody that I would go after. He posted a 301 ERA and 134 starts. But as wow. you mentioned, uh, he did pitch in 32 games and he came out of the pen eight times. So for somebody who is that effective, that can kind of dabble in, in different areas of, of the game is definitely someone that definitely somebody that that intrigues me. I, you know, just talking about that first starter, though, right, whether we're talking Verlander or Rodon, uh-huh. I think I made myself clear in the last episode. I want Carlos Rodon. I think that he may have uh, found his health after, you know, those up and down years in Chicago, um, especially with San Francisco. He is uh, 10 years younger than Justin Verlander. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just think that um, I just think that there is probably more suitors right now for Carlos Rodon. So his market is probably a little bit more, um, you know, spread out. And, and there's definitely more than just the Mets. Um, that would cost like four or five years. Exactly. Exactly. It would be a, it would be a five year deal. But, you know, when you look at the Mets down the stretch, aside from, you know, Francisco Lindor, yeah, they're going to have to resign a, um, you know, a, a Pete Alonzo and they're going to have to resign a Jeff McNeil and uh, figure out which players they want to extend out of their current bunch. But, um, you know, but again, I feel like we have time for that, you know, again, maybe, but, you know, one more year for Alonzo. Yeah. Maybe yeah but if you, if you look, if you look, if you look at it, though, beyond 2024, yeah. The, the only real contract that we have big time is Francisco Lindor. Lindor, yeah. You know, and then and then I think that that would probably be 2025 would be uh Starling Marte's last year of his contract. Yeah. You know. So yeah. 
So to me, you have that flexibility down the line, right? So that's why they're trying to allocate that $40 million to Verlander for 2023 and 2024. And then, you know, hopefully have some clarity moving forward, right? But if you plug yeah. Carlos Rodon into that rotation, at least you know you have that top guy for the next five years. Dude, his his K through nine was almost 12. It was 11, 11.98. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's striking out early. He's, he's striking out. Yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. But you also said uh, you think he's found his health. He pitched 178 innings this year, and that's a career high. Yeah. You know, and he's made he made 29 starts, or excuse me, uh, 31 starts. And then his his ERA was 288, but his expected ERA was 264. So. Yeah. Yeah. He he pitched much better than than even like his initial numbers show, and his initial numbers are extremely impressive. Yeah. Um, again, there are something just popped up up on my computer. The tools to grow your podcast. How the fuck? Do they know that I'm doing this? <laughs> this is just absurd. It's Fangraphs too. Fangraphs is, uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it, it's looking like Verlander. We'll we'll keep you updated throughout the uh, you know the remainder of the show. Will it happen tonight? I'm not sure. I mean, we're we're definitely seeing. Um, nice, right? Coming off a weekend like that. Yeah that that would that would definitely be nice. Um, you know, but. You know, we 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 definitely shall see. So, you know, assuming Verlander Rodon, one of those two gets picked up, uh, where would you go for that third starter? You know, it does look like the Mets were trying to sign Jamison Tyon. And that was a report that came out today that they were actually pretty close with Jamison Tyon um over the weekend and and you know, something kind of fell through the cracks. Um, I know you mentioned a few names before. Where would you uh kind of go in 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 that direction there? Well, again, I think I think the Mets are in need of a lefty, personally. Um, you know, I, again, Andrew Heaney's still out there. Um, Jose Quintana is another name that, that pops up. Um, you know, I, I like Jose Quintana a lot. I like I like Andrew Heaney. But, again, you know, looking back at it, Jamison Tyon, they're, they were involved. He was a name that came up. Uh, again, I, I thought about what you said last episode, and, I, I like I I I resign Walker Taiwan Walker. You know he he his best years are with the Mets. Um, he's twenty nine years old, about to be thirty. I think a nice little two year deal again with him, or maybe even three year deal, back end of the rotation. You know his second half struggles do worry me, but at the end of the day, he's 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 embraced the spotlight. He's embraced the New York lifestyle. You know why not? Why not? If it if it ain't broke, you know don't fix it. So so yeah. why not bring him back? Um, you, you could do you could do four year you could do four because listen Taiwan's going to be thirty and with this market I think he's going to want a three or four year deal. Yeah, if you could give him three years, you give him you know fourteen fourteen annually, you know fourteen over over four years is fifty six million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a bad deal. That's not oh, a bad yeah. deal for for a back end. He'll essentially replace that money when Carlos Carrasco dips after this year. Exactly. You know, and and exactly. he, and we know that we know that he can pitch in New York. You know, and and especially at that price point, it's definitely something to consider. Andrew Heaney, definitely a name that I like as well. Um, you know, you brought him up. I'm not as you know keen on uh, we need a lefty um, because I, I, I'm the biggest David Peterson fan. I really am. His slider is absolutely lethal, and I think that he definitely has a future. Um, so he needs to be in the rotation starting 2023. Um, what about Ryan Yarbrough uh, from Tampa Bay? Yeah. Yeah. He had a tremendous year, I think, what, two years ago. Um, 
listen, I, I, again, I think that he's definitely somebody that you can look into and, and bring him on and, and hope that his best years are still in front of him. Right. And that he can bring over. Cause to me, I don't know about you, but uh, the pitchers that exceed, and this also kind of, I feel this way about Andrew Heaney as well. Whenever a pitcher does extremely, extremely well in Tampa Bay or like with the Dodgers, uh-huh. I have to like kind of hold my breath to see how they do in another location because yeah. Tam- Tampa Bay and the Dodgers just churn out pitchers. They have some sort of methodology, some sort of pitching development type of guru within their system that all these pitchers just come up and, and literally, you know, tear shit up and then they go elsewhere and it's almost like they can't bring it with them. Um, so, very true. you know, I definitely think that that's something to consider. Yarbrough, you know, he had a, uh, he had a really, really good year, uh, you know, in, oh, in 2000. Sean Manai is another one. Sean Manai would be great, but he's got to stay healthy. And that's my concern. Yeah. So the issue here is that if we are going to sign a Justin Verlander, we need to ensure that we're getting somebody else in that third slot that's going to start 30 plus games. Jamison, Ty- Jamison Tyon started 32 games last year for the uh, Yankees. Uh, Andrew Heaney only started 14 games last year with the Dodgers, 16 games overall. He did have a tremendous, tremendous <clears throat> year uh, striking out uh, I want, pitchers. I want, I want Senga. I want Senga. So do I. So do I. I want but Senga. What, I, want, but, I, want, I want him because I feel like him and Otani, or Otani, that's like Otani's best friend, right, or something like that? They're, yeah, they're friendly. They're friendly. I mean, no. again, again, though, I... I don't know, dude. I I almost feel like I have a different feeling every day mm-hmm. in, in terms of, Facts. you know, because if you add Justin Verlander, that's a 40-year-old. He made, 28, he made 28 starts last year, 175 innings. You have to think that the Astros kept him on some sort of a pitch count. I mean, uh, lim- uh, innings limit because of the fact that he was coming off of Tommy John, right? So will he hit that 200 mark again as a 40-year-old? I'm not 100% sure, but you do need somebody that is going to start 30 plus games. Kota Senga, tremendous, tremendous talent. Fastball can hit hundred uh, miles per hour. Regularly hits anywhere between 96 and 98. Um, you know, additionally has the most wicked fork ball, you know, you'll ever, you'll ever see. Um, yeah. But, but there is a question amongst baseball evaluators in that, is he long-term a starter or is he long-term a back end lethal arm? Um I'd like to think that he's a starter. So given his talent uh, and given his age, I definitely think that the Mets should pursue him and throw him in that third slot, but there definitely is risk there. And for me, with all the holes that you have, you have to ensure that you're getting 30 starts. And that was my issue with even signing DeGrom to 40 plus million dollars in the beginning. You're going to throw $40 million at a pitcher that's not guaranteed to pitch 30 games Yeah, uh, you know, a year, especially you know, with a team that's in win now mode, right? So if Kota Senga comes in and the transition year is, you know, he starts 25 games and forget the record, but pitches to a four, a four, two ERA, you know, maybe a three, eight, three, nine expected ERA. That's a fourth starter. That's a fourth yeah. starter on a good team. Yeah, 100%. So you just have to be, you just have to be cognizant of that. Uh, Andrew Heaney, again, somebody that I really like, but again, the injury bug hurt him. Ross Stripling, I definitely like, and Tawan Walker, I definitely like. Um, if I am going in any of those directions, I would probably. I don't. I don't love Jameson Tyon, but I probably go in the Jameson Tyon direction or Ross Stripling direction. Um, I think both of them will probably Jameson Tyon will probably get more money than Ross Stripling. So if we're 
penny pinching a little bit, which with Steve Cohen, we probably don't have to, but we're Mets fans and we dealt with the Wilpons for years. So it's kind of in the system. Um, I, I really like the idea of Ross Stripling uh, coming in, coming and joining the Mets. Um, that's somebody that I, that I really, really do like. And, um, you know, I, I definitely think that that would be something that the Mets could really work with and, and down the stretch. Uh, do you think there's, there's any, there's any chance that uh, Chris Bassett uh, returns? There are rumors that he's looking for beyond three years, maybe four years. Do you think there's any shot that he comes back? Yeah, man. I mean, again, you know, a four-year deal. Chris Bassett, he really had, he really uh, embraced the New York spotlight. Um, you know, again, I, I like the sound of it because, because you know, we've seen the pitcher he he can become, and and he was in New York. He he had a great second half. He had that stretch where he would go six or more innings every every start. You know, yeah. And again, he he's a guy who who you know is team team guy gets along with everybody has that relationship with Max Scherzer. And if I feel like if you could add a guy like Verlander and Bassett, it's another, it's another three headed monster, you know, Ver, with Scherzer, Verlander and Bassett, um, you know, and then maybe, maybe again, maybe we just bring the whole band back together and, and re-sign Walker as well. Like I said, would you, would you pay Bassett $20 million for four years? Like four, for four, over like 80 mil for four years or whatever. Uh, I would honestly, you know, I would. Yeah. He's pretty established in this league. And again, he's one of those pitchers that he doesn't care who's in the box. He'll, he'll throw, he'll throw his hardest and and he'll fucking pitch his heart out. He'll eat your ass. Right. That's what he said. Whoa. No, no, no. That's what he said. That's what he said. In the, <laughs> that's literally what he said. He's like, I don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll, yeah, you know, said, I don't care what your name is on the back of your Jersey. I'll pitch you. whatever. Right. I'm not just saying, about he, made 30 stars. he did he say that stars. he did say that somewhere and i'm gonna pull it up um because he did say that i'm not just spewing shit now i'm sweating a little bit um yeah so uh chris bassett to me i think would be a perfect fit to come back uh at the 20 million at the 20 million range um definitely well, a little... 180 he pitched 181 innings well yeah yeah 30 starts expected era is close to his real era you know? listen he, listen he Keeps the ball in the park. He also, um, you know, he also induces really weak contact. Um, you know, the chase, you know, he doesn't get everybody to chase. He's not a big strikeout pitcher, uh, right? But he really was able to go deep into games and he almost had uh, somewhat of a knock on what he kind of showed like he had somewhat of a rubber arm there. Um, and, and I think that you mentioned he really embraced New York. And I think that he's somebody else that while he may not be to the extent of, um, you know, uh, Carlos Rodon in terms of talent, if you're giving, uh, Chris Bassett, 18, 19, maybe $20 million a year, again, in three, four years, we only really have the extensions that we're going to give plus a Lindor as of right now. So I think that Chris Bassett is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, a few names here. These are kind of, you know, veterans, um, Nate Evaldi, Carlo, uh, uh, Corey Kluber. I like Nate Evaldi. I like Nate Evaldi too. I think that Nate Evaldi definitely is somebody that uh, I think we'll hear more about over the coming uh-huh. week. Um, obviously the winter meetings start this week. It's a time that I don't think either of us will put our phones down best time of the year if it's not opening day um or if the Mets are about to win the World Series right uh but uh 
you know, I definitely think that uh, Nate Abaldi is somebody that we're going to hear of, uh, hear about uh, this past year, went six and three across 20 starts for the Red Sox, um, posted a 387 ERA. Um, you know, he's still throwing extremely hard. Um, and, and he's had some of his best years over the last few with the Boston Red Sox. Um, thoughts on Nate Abaldi there? Yeah, I like Nate Abaldi. You know, he's a guy that uh, throws, you know, throws a lot of pitches, throws, throws 100 miles per hour. And, and, you know, again, if we make the postseason, he's a guy that could, uh, you know, start a game or, or just be like that kind of bullpen guy who just comes out firing. You know, um, I remember him in his days in Miami, but but like you said, his his best his best years were in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Evaldi definitely is somebody that could slot in there as the third starter. I think that he will kind of be somewhere in that range that I mentioned um, in terms of Taiwan Walker, maybe that four for $60 million or four for $56 million. Um, but he's really excelled in Boston. I mean, last year uh, with the Red Sox in 182 and a third innings. And last year, I'm talking about 2021. Um, pitched in 182 innings, struck out 195 batters, went 11 and nine and posted a 375 ERA. Um, you know, listen, he's veteran. He's been there. He's done that. Um, you know, he won the world series and or no, did he? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He won the world series with the Red Sox yeah. in, in 2018. So, um, Nate Baldi is definitely somebody that, that I would go after. Um, you know, assuming that his medicals check out because obviously that's always been a concern of his. Um, so, Another name, you touched upon it before. You actually went back and said that you kind of like this idea now. Uh, Noah Syndergaard. Um, let's let's just dive into this right now uh, so that we can get this out of the way. People thought that I was insane for bringing up Noah Syndergaard. I'm going to give you why I think that Noah Syndergaard definitely should be an option. First and foremost, I think that there's a chance that he's going to want. Uh, I'm not. No, no, no. Let me start over. I'm not 100% sure if he's going to want a one-year deal to try to pony up on what he did last year and reestablish his value, or I'm not sure if he's looking for, hey, three or four-year deal. Let me try to get some security in here because Lord knows if I'm going to return back to form. Still, at between 12 to $15 million a year, Noah Syndergaard is definitely somebody that you pursue considering that this will be his second full season coming off Tommy John surgery. And that's typically when pitchers start to get it back. Um, yeah. Last year, he only made 15 starts between the Angels and the Phillies. He did pitch a little bit in the postseason. Threw a sinker predominantly last year, threw that 31% of the time. But again, he's a five-pitch pitcher. Sinker, slider, changeup, four-seam, and your curveball. My biggest issue with Noah Syndergaard, I'm not kidding. Noah Syndergaard would probably be a, someone at the top of my list if it wasn't for the concern of him in terms of being in New York with the nightlife, with the uh, everything, because that seemed to be something that kind of got to him a little bit. Um, but are you on the Noah Syndergaard train now, Robert? Yeah, I am. You know, he's he's a guy that I feel like would embrace the comeback, you know, that the return of Thor. Um, again, he's come off of injury like you said and and typically you know after that two year span of, of coming off Tommy John or whatever you pitch better um you pitched in the World Series last year he's he, he's known for big the big spotlight for the big game hopefully he's matured a little more but again I'm, I'm with it I like I like the idea of it I think I think again especially with you know DeGrom leaving I think I think he'll soak that in being like hey I'm back and and we don't need such and such and 
you know, this, that, and the third, and he'll come out, pitch 25 to 30 games, you know, hopefully. Yeah. For the that, and, and that's what I'm saying. So if, if you go ahead and you were to give, you know, Verlander $40 million and then someone like Syndergaard 12 to $15 million, you yeah. know that, that that's not a that's not a bad a bad mesh. Again, though, Syndergaard kind of falls into that uh, range of I need to, you know, it's not a guaranteed thirty start. So that's another one of my concerns. Um, you know, he last year he did uh, get hit around a little bit on his sinker. Um, expect the expected batting average against was two sixty six. Um, his best pitch last year was uh, his curveball. Uh, expected ERA was around two hundred. Um, Listen, we know what he has, um, you know, his, his average fastball. Um, I can't really seem to locate what, you know, what, what his average fastball looked like. Um, but it landed in the 55th percentile last year. His average fastball was 94 miles per hour last year. You have to think in year two removed from Tommy John, it ticks back up to 96, 97. Um, yeah. I definitely think that he's somebody that um, should intrigue the Mets. And I think that for that price point, for where you would slot him into the rotation, um, I definitely think that that's somebody that the Mets um, should pursue, uh, especially considering he's familiar with New York. He succeeded here. But again, it can't be too much for him. Uh, he has to have matured, as you mentioned, um, and his medicals obviously have to check out. Um, somebody else that I brought up before, Corey Kluber. Okay, He's 36 years old. Lord, we would have a 39-year-old, a 40-year-old, and a 36-year-old, one, two, three, if we were to bring in Kluber um, after you know a, um, a Verlander acquisition. But Corey, wow. Kluber, but Corey Kluber made 31 starts last year with the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, went 10 and 10, did post a 434 ERA. But I feel like at this point in his career, you could probably go ahead and you could probably get him for not terribly, not a terribly expensive price. Yeah. And, and he's still a damn good pitcher. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you, you put it, you put it, you put it nicely saying that, uh, you know, our top three would be over 35, but again, those are established guys. Corey Kluber won, wants a Cy Young Award winner too, right? Correct? Or no? One, two. Time. So again, you know, we'd have uh, a lot of experience on the on the forefront in our, in our rotation. But again, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Corey Kluber, that, that's interesting to me because again, he made 31 starts last year, like you said. Um, you know, another guy that's capable of coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Um, you know, and, and again, it'd be a nice little experienced veteran for the young guys. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Again, that's, that's an, that's, that's an interesting three headed monster there. Yeah. Listen, I, I think that that is somebody that you need to put in the pool of the Evaldi's of the Syndergaard's right of the Andrew Heaney's they're going to get paid. Right. And they're, and they're yeah. going to get then they're going to get contracts. They're going to be in rotations, but again, you have to pick one from the Rodon Verlander pool, uh, and then another from that other pool. Um, you know, we've really just been touching upon the free agents. Something that I want to talk about is something quickly that was mentioned this past week, you know, um, throughout. not It's not necessarily a rumor. I'm not sure the extent of it. I'm not sure if the Mets and Diamondbacks have even spoken. But somebody that I brought up to you on the side, and then it was actually made public this past week, was somebody like Zach Gallen, a uh, pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you know, he's, he's 27 years old, had a, an absolutely tremendous 2022, 12 and four, 254 ERA and 31 starts struck out 192 and 184 innings. Uh, again, young under team control. Um, would you go ahead? I think that the proposed package was something like Kevin Parada, 
uh, Alex Ramirez, and then an additional low-level pitching prospect. Not necessarily that deal, but would you consider ponying up some prospects in an acquisition for uh, Zach Gallen? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, he's one of he's he's one of those up-and-coming pitchers uh, in the league. He really made his a name for himself this year. Um, Zach Gallen, what is he? Twenty-seven. 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 Yeah, man. I mean, under like you said, under team control. Um, it would we would have to pony up some prospects in order to trade for a guy like this. But again, you know, fastball, curveball, changeup, cutter. His command is on fleek. Um, you know, I like it. He made he made thirty one starts last year. Two two point five four ERA. You know, he's a, he's a young established arm, like I said. And again, you know, that's an interesting trade target. Again, I I personally would. You know, if we're talking about the forefront trade market, I would personally hit up the race and see what what would, what would it take to get Tyler Glasnow. Um, I've always been a fan. You know, I understand he, he got hurt or he's been hurt, but I feel like we can get him on a not a low low deal, but like you know, we we don't have to give up a guy like Kevin Parada or a guy like Alex Ramirez for a guy you know for for Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. To me, to me, you can you can sign a Verlander and you can go ahead and you tr- can trade for a Zach Gallon. Right. That yeah. that's not that's not out of um out of pocket. To me, a guy like Tyler Glasnow, tremendous talent. He again wouldn't cost a lot. You're right. And the Rays do their own type of obviously everyone does their own type of advanced scouting, but they do their own type of um in-depth analysis of these players and they'll probably yeah. pull two pitchers out that even some of the those in the Mets front office have no idea who the hell they're talking about and then they'll turn them into studs right that's 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 the thing that the Rays do so Tyler Glasnow definitely is somebody that you can look at but at the same time I think that he also falls into that pool of you know if we're going to slot him into a third uh, spot is he going to make 30 starts and yeah. that is my biggest concern especially if you're going with two older pitchers at the top of your rotation. Um, Zach Gallen, as you said, 27 years old, uh, spot track, my go-to, they have an estimated, uh, him making $4.6 million in 2023. He's not, a, he doesn't become a free agent until after the 2025 season. So you get full team control for three years. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the kicker right yeah. there. And, 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 you know, again, that's, that's something where if you do put in prospects like Kevin Parada or Alex Ramirez, you you know you 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 got you got to you got to pull the trigger because again we got we got a 27 year old who just threw 180 plus innings, he's established and he's you know him Scherzer and, and, and a guy like Verlander would 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 really really be a good thing. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna keep it a buck a buck show Walter here. If if you're <laughs> if you're if you're going for uh you know that that third starter, I think I would explore this. I mean, there's no reason why the Diamondbacks yeah. wouldn't wouldn't try to fleece any team. Um, they definitely should. They have every right. Alex Ramirez and Kevin Parada to me are in that upper echelon um, of Mets prospects. So I would only like to deal one of those. I wouldn't mind trading Kevin Parada, our yeah. first round pick last year. Excellent, excellent talent, but also we had a loaded draft class last year, and we also have somebody named Francisco Alvarez behind the plate as well. Um, so Kevin Prada is somebody, but I wouldn't trade Kevin Prada and Alec Ramirez. I would make it a bigger deal and kind of choose a Parada and then maybe a Mark Vientos and a and a Dominic yeah. Camel or something like that, or or yeah. um, you know no, Diaz. Yeah, and the Miners I, or... I agree, and and this is why again, you know, these winter meetings is, is very important for for guys like Billy Epler and. And, you know, the Mets scouting department and all that, because again, you know, we, we lose out on a 
on the lead on like the ground. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta fill. Like I said, big shoes to fill, whether it's on the trade market or, or signing a free agent like Verlander. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the last starter that the last starter that I'll talk about here is uh, a Corbin Burns. Um, mm. I, I, I think that, <laughs> I think this is a little wishful thinking, right? Uh, the I think there there was a report a few weeks ago that the Brewers were not gonna were not gonna look to trade Corbin Burns this year. He's somebody I would throw uh, Ramirez and Parada at. Uh, another two prospects, I would I would go get Corbin Burns. The man's a workhorse. Yeah, uh, yeah, 33, 33 starts in 2022. 200 plus innings, 243 strikeouts. Cy Young Award winner. Cy Young Award winner. He's got nasty stuff. The only question is, obviously, the Brewers would only be trading him because they can't afford to extend him, right? So you have to think that they're going to try to get every last ounce they can, especially from the teams that fail to sign the Carlos Rodon, fail to sign the Justin Verlander. Teams are going to fall back and and probably this week ask the Brewers about the availability of Corbin Burns or uh, Zach Gallen. I also expect the teams, including the Mets, to call the Anaheim Angels and actually have them say, no, Shohei Otani is not available because I yeah. think that the Angels still would be open to trading Shohei Otani should a um, package that suffices for Anaheim work. Um, but, you know, these are just a few of the names. And and obviously the Mets have <clears throat> so many holes to fill. And normally when you say that, it's like, shit, we're not going to be good this year. They've got holes, but but they're gonna fill them and they're gonna be fine. Um, you know, I, I guess the way to the way to kind of cap this off is this episode. We we kind of it was the uh, R.I.P. Degrom type type deal tonight, right? Yeah. Degrom's Degrom's leaving, um, and we know this. It's done. Let's move on. We have some players in our pipeline. Justin Verlander could be a Met within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, but as far as heading into this week goes, Rob, what do you want to see? What do you want to hear? Um, obviously, it's only a few days over in San Diego for the for the winter meetings, and not everything's done at the winter meetings. But what do you want to come out of this? What do you want to see? What do you want to hear? Um, yeah. I mean, again, on the free agent front, I think, I think uh one of one of the two sexy names in Verlander Rodon have have to be a Met. Um, again, we we need we need pitching. Um, you know, again, I like I like Trey Turner a lot as well, but but I think the most I think the forefront the the mission right now is is to bolster that the starting rotation and and bolster that bullpen because again we've we've seen we've we've heard a lot of names so far in the last two days considering that the Grom signed elsewhere. Um, you know, if, if we're going to make a trade, let's make a splash. I don't, I, again, if they can find that, that team where they can make like a team friendly deal in both sides and, and uh, what's it called? Make, you know, not having, not having to give up big prospect names like, like a Parada or Alex Ramirez or, or, you know, even Ronnie Mauricio, you know, um, let's, let's make a splash. I, I like, I like Shohei Otani. I think that's more towards uh, the trade deadline in season type trade. But but at the same time, I, I do I do like the idea of a Corbin Burns, you know, um, maybe maybe include a guy like Yelich so we don't have to give up so so many prospects, you know, and, and Yelich plays center. But again, we'll see. We'll see. I think these winter meetings are very important, like I said, for Billy Epler and his staff and and uh, the Mets aren't going down lightly. I'll tell you that. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah. For me, the winter meetings. Um 
I've I've attended the winter meetings before. Uh, back in 2018, I was there in Vegas. Rogers, yeah, yeah. Oh man, Roger Sedano actually. Um, <laughs> it's a funny story. Roger Sedano actually asked me to um, was asking my interest in going and working at his um, baseball uh, academy over in uh, Venezuela, and kind of told him that I probably, uh, you know, would stick out there and I probably wouldn't do too well in that environment. So, uh, I didn't go in that direction, but Roger Sedanio and I chopped it up a little bit, had a couple drinks. Um, and yeah, that's just a fun story, but, uh, no, there's just so much talking done at the, at the winter meetings. And it's kind of expected that you're going to hear over the next few days that the Mets are connected to this player and that player and, and, uh, you know, so on basically for me, as you said, I want to see one of the starters under wraps because if the Mets can know that, yeah, we lost to Grom, but we can at least slot somebody into that other, that second hole. And you know that you have Scherzer, let's say Verlander Carrasco yes. and David Peterson while working the phones for that third starter. Um, that would be a great outcome, right? Especially if we, if they leave San Diego and there's a, an abundance of rumors about this player and that player and the Mets are deep along in negotiations with this guy or that guy, that's what you want to see. Here's one player that I want to see the Mets connected to. Okay. It's kind of like, hey, Ian, no shit. Uh, anybody should be connected to him. We just lost out on Jake DeGrom, $43 million. Okay. Why aren't the Mets? I, I understand different positions. I want to see the Mets connected to Aaron Judge. Yeah, man. Uh, reason- right, right when they lost DeGrom, they should have hit him up. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't know if it's out of spite that I feel this way, but it's also obviously he would be tremendous. But they're saying the judge is going to get nine guaranteed years. Okay. Uh, Aaron Judge is the best player in the game. Uh, he's the best player that we have seen in a very long time. He is a free agent, and these types of players do not hit free agency often. Obviously, the deal would be absolutely absurd. And there have been talks that there was talk between uh, Cohen and Steinbrenner about the Mets not pursuing Judge and the Yankees not pursuing DeGrom and vice versa. I think that if you were to give Aaron Judge $39 million a year, 38 to $40 million a year, obviously you would have to pivot and you would have to sign two of the lower echelon guys to fill out the rotation. But can you think of that lineup for a second? We wouldn't have any more problems hitting the ball. No, never. Well, well, we and would talk about run producers. Yeah, yeah. We uh, yeah, obviously, obviously, you would always coming off the season he had. Think about, think about it for a second. You would have, and 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 also he would he would fill Nimmo's spot because he's a center fielder. Obviously, long term, he's probably not a center fielder. But yeah. if you're looking at it, you'll have. Alvarez behind the plate, most likely, or Alvarez and Nito, and uh, God forbid, James McCann, right? At first, you have Pete Alonzo, second, Jeff McNeil, shortstop, you have Frankie, third, you have Beatty slash Eduardo Escobar, left field, you have Mark Hanna, center field, you have Aaron Judge, right field, you have Starling Marte, DH, you have Daniel Vogelbach and, uh, you know, somebody else, whatever. And then the rotation, yeah, Vientos, right? And then in the rotation, Maybe they pull a trade for a Zach Gallon or something like that, and he's your two starter. And then they go and bring back Chris Bassett, or they go and bring back um, Taiwan Walker. And then you have a rotation of Scherzer, Gallon, let's say Bassett, Carrasco, and and um, and Peterson. You're telling me that that team can't win? That team can win, and then some. I think they may be better suited 
the upcoming yeah, yeah. year than last year. And long term. And long term. And yeah. long term. And no, definitely. I like that. That sounds nice. You know, and will it happen? 99% chance no. And I think that the only way that the Mets would pivot towards getting an Aaron Judge is if they lose out on Justin Verlander and they don't allocate that 35 to $45 million anywhere else. And they just say, yeah. screw it. We're going to go get a big bat. Um, but that's definitely something that I just want to hear. I want to hear it just to kind of make me feel good. If no, that makes of course, sense. you know, again, that's, that's, it would hit on all cylinders, you know, uh, as a Met fan, you, you say, ha ha, because, you know, he's not a Yankee anymore and, and he goes cross town and, and, you know, the Yankees, Yankee fans would be so bitter, but, and, and, and like you said, at the same time, can you imagine that lineup, you know, lineups legit. Exactly. Exactly. And then you still have a rotation that's good because yeah. listen, the, the Mets, the Mets were not always just going to sign DeGrom, sign a Coda Senga, and then call it an off season. Steve Cohen was going to spend in other areas too. So if you can go out and spend for judge, you can go ahead and you can spend on the rotation and uh, all will yeah. be well, but listen, we're early on in the off season. Obviously dominoes are falling. Jacob DeGrom was no longer a Met, but <laughs> It looks like by tomorrow, Justin Verlander could be a Met or within the next few days, he could be a Met. Winter meetings are upon us. Things will be moving. Um, and again, we're just getting going, not just, you know, uh, the, the the hot stove and um, baseball in the winter in general, but uh, here on Cup of Mets as well. So um, thank you for joining us tonight here on YouTube. Uh, again, we are at Cup of Mets. Throw us a, throw us a sub. Um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Cup of Mets. Uh, hopefully we have some good news within the coming days. Hopefully Billy up and, uh, you know, as Rob mentioned before, his staff are locked and ready to go and are, you know, ready to put Jacob DeGrom behind them and, and kind of bolster up for 2023. So uh, again, Rob, uh, any last words, my, my friend? Oh uh, yeah. No, you know, it's like I said before, and uh, sometime throughout the show, it's an end of an era. Um, you know, 2015 pitching staff is gone. Every, every single one of them, Bartolo, Wheeler, Harvey, DeGrom, Matt, Syndergaard. Um, you know, it was fun while it lasted. I remember when we made the World Series. And again, I remember when coming home from Mets games when we were in college over the summer and talking about the window we had with those guys. And and now that it's over, it's it's kind of surreal, to be honest, because again, that's that just proves how how fast time goes on. And and you know, another another season is coming and but we're gonna have totally new different faces and and you know, nobody nobody really from that from that gener uh, not generation, but nobody really from that team anymore from 2015. Um you know, it's a new era of Mets baseball. Yep. Yep. New era of Mets baseball. And we'll, and we'll see what that entails, whether it's a couple 40 year olds, uh, you know, ahead in the, ahead uh, in the rotation or, you know, a complete new uh, group of faces. But uh, for Rob Venegas, Ami and Bosniak, again, follow along on Instagram and on Twitter at cup of Mets. Uh, you know, we'll post a video here and there as well on YouTube. Again, follow us at cup of Mets. Um, but again, the next few days will be fun. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to covering it. Thanks for joining us again. Cup of Mets, episode two, hot stove edition in the books. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Ciao.